how to get out of analysis paralysis and take the leap of faith to real estate investing in four easy steps. That's what we're talking about today. So let's go. Hey there, we're here to put you on the path to a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio. I'm Pollock. And this is Nidhi. Thanks for joining us. Great to have you here. All right. So what I want to do today is I want to talk about how we got to this framework. I'm going to give you some background so you know how we arrived at this framework. And you can probably take this framework and implement this. You can plug and play, implement this right within your journey, and you can take action using that. Next, I'm going to go through the uh, framework itself and talk about how you can take action now to implement it. All right, so let's get started. I want to tell you a little bit about how we even arrived at this framework because I think it's important to talk about it. You will be able to relate to it if you're someone who has been thinking about real estate investing for a long time, but you can't seem to take action. So when we first got started, you guys know our story, right? So um, we were both in corporate. I had been a mechanical engineer for 17 years. Nidhi had been in corporate in strategy and finance for 15, 17 years, something like that. And we both realized that it wasn't getting us anywhere. The higher up we climbed, the less time we had. And so I was the first one to quit my job when my second child was born. I had a two-year-old and a newborn. And I had a moment of clarity one day when I realized that it wasn't really getting me where I wanted to go. I was sitting in my office pumping breast milk (laughs) and thinking about my kids. And I said, I waited till my late 30s to have my children. Now I'm sitting here and I'm going to have less time for them today than I could have had 10 years ago had I had kids early on, except I wouldn't be financially stable at that time. And I just felt like I was stuck. A lie had been sold to me. I felt like I was cheated out of time with my kids. And I got really resentful and I said, okay, I want to be solution oriented. I want to be empowered as a mother, as a working individual, as someone who wants to make an impact for their family financially, as someone who wants to build a legacy for their kids. I want to be solution oriented. I want to feel empowered. I don't want to feel like a victim in the circumstance that I'm in. And if you think about it, in the eyes of majority of this world, I was a privileged woman. On paper, I had it all. I had a great job. I was making high six figures. I had two wonderful kids. They were in great health. I had a happy marriage. Our parents were relatively healthy. So if you think about it, I was doing really well. But I knew that if I continued on the way I was going, I continued on the same path, I was going to be very unhappy. I was going to miss out on the delicious, most beautiful years with my kids when they were just so cute and wonderful and wanting to be with me. I was going to miss out on the career opportunities that I would get if I didn't have kids, right? And, you know, most most women who have children and who are trying to climb the corporate ladder understand this push and pull that I felt where 
you know, you feel like you want to spend time with your kids and you don't have that time and you feel like you want to do a lot and achieve a lot at work and you're not given the opportunities that you deserve because you are a mother and you want to leave at six or whatever time that you want to be with your kids, right? Like you, everyone feels this. And I felt this really hard and I decided to quit my job. And so when I quit my job, it was um, a very bumpy road to get started because I'd always been an employee. I'd always built a career thinking that that was my path to success. So thinking about building a whole business, thinking about building wealth, that was all very new to me. And I had two small children at the same time that I was raising. I had no experience with kids. It was a very different experience for me. It shook me up to be responsible for two small children. And we're immigrants. We have no village support system that everyone talks about. We had none of that. So I felt like there was so many different things that I was learning all at the same time. It was a tough road and it took me a whole year. And I remember that and almost everyone who has kids knows that, you know, when you have kids, all your milestones are kind of related to your children's birthdays. So I remember that on my son, who is my second child, on his first birthday is when we got the first property under contract. So it took me a whole year to figure this out and to figure that was just getting the first property under contract. There was a lot to learn even after that, right? So there was a lot of things that I went through and I had to develop a framework for myself to get out of analysis paralysis. And as we grew our portfolio to 10 million, so our portfolio is worth 10 million. We're into this five, six years now. Both Nidhi and I have retired. We're full-time real estate investors. We we say full-time, but we probably work about 30 minutes a day on real estate investing. And getting to this point, what I've learned is that Every time I move to a bigger project to take this strategy further, to grow even bigger as a business, I fall into analysis paralysis and I use this framework to get out of it very quickly. And so I want to share this framework with you today because it's plug and play. You can take this framework and implement this directly into your business, into your life. If you're someone who loves to grow generational wealth, achieve time and location freedom, personal growth, you can take this framework and put it in your life and achieve success. All right. So this framework, I called it ABLE, A-B-L-E, and we're going to go through the steps right now. So the first letter A stands for avatar. And I think this is crucial to any real estate investing strategy that you're after is figure out what is the avatar of the deal that you're after. And this is a little bit different than what you may have heard. There's terms like buy box or the three C's, crystal clear criteria. These are all great. The property avatar is a little bit different. The property avatar takes into consideration the neighborhood that you're investing in, and also the specs of the property that you're after. But these specs have been narrowed down to make your decision-making super simple. So what you want to do is figure out what neighborhood you're investing in first. So what I was doing in the very beginning is I was looking everywhere. I was looking 
in the neighborhood that we lived in. I was looking in other neighborhoods around us. I was going, we were living in an A neighborhood. I was going to B, C, D neighborhoods. I was all over the city. I was even looking at other cities. And what I would do is whenever a deal would come across my desk, I would start analyzing it. And what that did was it took up really valuable time and a long time to analyze every single deal. It wasn't until I said, first, I'm going to decide what neighborhood I'm going in. Because there are certain neighborhoods where a strategy works and there are certain neighborhoods where a strategy simply doesn't work. So where we lived, I was analyzing deals there and I was trying to fit all the deals that came across my desk into the strategy instead of looking at it the other way around, we're finding a neighborhood that is right for the strategy. And I see this often, new investors often make this mistake, is they live in an A neighborhood and they're connected in that neighborhood. They know people in the neighborhood. Maybe they know an agent who sold them the house that they're living in. They're going to ask that, na- that a- they're going to ask that agent to show them houses for investment. This agent starts showing them properties and then they realize that the property really doesn't work for what they're trying to do because the numbers don't work when they start looking at the cash flow, when they start looking at the rent, they realize that it's actually negative cash flow. And so I see a lot of new investors think, if I could just find the right deal, if I could just look harder, if I could just work so hard in making connections that I could find this needle in the haystack deal that I'm looking for, everything's going to be resolved. It doesn't work like that. What you want to do is pick a neighborhood and analyze the neighborhood first. You want to make sure that the neighborhood has enough inventory for you to be able to pick up deals again and again. And for the most part, the deals work. Because what you don't want is constantly looking for that needle in the haystack type of a deal. Because that takes up a lot of time. Now you're going to have to build an entire business of wholesaling just so you can have the right properties fall into your lap, right? Which I did not want to do that. I was in this business to build assets, to build passive income, and to build time and location freedom. You're going to hear me say this all the time. You need to know the lifestyle that you're after first. And I knew I needed three things. Generational wealth, passive income, and time and location freedom. And if this is what you're after, I want you to say it like a mantra again and again because you want it to register. As I was looking at properties, as I was analyzing deals, I realized that there were certain neighborhoods that simply did not work. And so I finally narrowed it down to the right neighborhood. And then now I was going to go and find a deal, right? And then when it came to the deal, what I realized was I was looking at everything. I was looking at triplexes, quadplexes, 15-unit buildings, single-family homes, everything. And then I realized that the reason I wasn't taking action is because the risk felt really high for bigger deals. And it was true. 
right? So if you're a new investor and you're having a very hard time pulling the trigger on a property that has a lot of issues or it's too big of a project for you to handle, there is a reason for that. Your gut is telling you that this is too big of a risk for you to take given that you still need to develop a lot of the skills that you need to become a successful investor. So I narrowed it down to small, simple, and scalable. What does that mean? Small means pick a project that's the smallest size possible for you to be able to take the risk and learn to be an investor. And think of it as a new investor's playground, right? So it's a three-bed, one-bath home, maybe a two-bed, one-bath home, sometimes also a four-bed, two-bath home. If you see them often appear in your search in that area, that's a good property avatar. Pick something small. Next, pick something that's scalable, meaning a lot of times the really, really good deals are properties that have a ton of issues. Maybe they have zoning issues, maybe they have fire damage, maybe they have mold, maybe they have an entire wall missing. The properties that have the biggest issues are the ones that are going to be the best deals, right? But for the first time investor, I want you to ignore those. What you want to focus on is something that is simple. You want to pick a project that is very simple for you to implement and something that has the most predictability. And the last one is scalable. Scalable meaning if you do a search in a neighborhood, you should be able to see a bunch of, if you're looking at Zillow or Redfin, you'll see them as red dots, right? Property that are up for sale that are similar to each other. Because that means that once you're done with that first project, you will be able to replicate that project again on the next deal and the next deal. If you choose something that is so different than the rest of the projects around there, what you're going to find is all of the learnings that you have on that first project, you have no place to use those learnings and implement them again. So whatever you're learning on the first project, think about, okay, I'm going to approach this project with curiosity. I'm going to figure out what works, what doesn't work. And then on the next one, I can implement this. All right. So that's how you define your property avatar. Remember, small, simple, scalable. Next is B, right? We did A for property avatar. Next is B, put your blinders on. And I find this is really difficult for new investors because Inherently, if you have that entrepreneurial spirit, if you want to be an investor, you're going to be someone who gets excited by new things. And so when you have defined your property avatar, it seems like out of the woodwork, everybody is sending you deals that don't fit those criteria. So I always advise new investors that once you define your property avatar, even if it's a good deal that doesn't fit that avatar, Remember that that's not a good deal for you right now. Maybe two years down the line, maybe six months down the line, that would be the perfect deal for you after you learn everything from your first one, but not right now. So putting your blinders on means stick to your property avatar and figure out what is the right kind of deal for you at that time and stick to that and don't look at anything else. 
the letter L. So we did A for avatar, B for blinders. Now we're gonna do the letter L, which stands for leap of faith. And the reason this is a step is because I lost a few deals just because I had my avatar down, I had my blinders on, but when it came time to actually taking action and actually taking the leap of faith, I was afraid. And in hindsight, I lost a bunch of good deals because I just wasn't willing to take the leap of faith. I wasn't ready. And so understanding that if you've done your numbers accurately, if you've done your research, you have the skills that you need to take action. And again, this is a lifelong learning process. So you will not have all of the skills that you need. You can only gather so many skills as a new investor. Once you have those, you have to remember that it's fearful for everyone to take action the very first time. So once you've done all your homework, taking the leap of faith is yet another step. It's something that you're going to have to learn, and I had to learn it. The last letter E stands for managing your expectations. And the reason this is a step, it's... <laughs> is <laughs> because I had to learn it the hard way. It took everything I had in me to take that leap of faith and put an offer on that deal, and I didn't get it. And I was so sad. <laughs> I wanted to give up investing. I see this a lot in new investors. You do everything in your power to get the learnings that you need to define your property avatar, to figure out your neighborhood, to put your blinders on, take that leap of faith, and then you don't get that deal. It's underwhelming. It's anticlimactic, right? So manage your expectations and know that usually most investors don't get the very first deal that they put an offer on. And that's okay. It's part of the process. You're going to lose some deals and then you will eventually land one. And one piece of advice that I give all new investors is if you're finding that you're losing all the deals again and again, you might be being a little too conservative with your numbers. And how much conservative are you being? <laughs> you can know that by seeing what those deals are going for. So in hindsight, when you look at what that property sold for a few months down the line, if you are able to get that data, in certain states you're able to get that data, you can figure out, okay, I was off by 10K. I think I'm being a little too conservative by about 10K. Now, if I add 10K to my offer, if I had done that for all the deals I lost, would I have still been able to make the numbers work? If the answer is yes, great. If the answer is no, you might be in the wrong neighborhood, right? So this is an iterative process. And following this process can allow you to take action and get that first deal under contract. I want to tell you guys a story. This is the story of Lawrence. Lawrence is one of our rock stars in our program. He has been with us for over a year. He's built a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio while raising two beautiful children and having a full-time business that he runs. And Lawrence told me that he said, he's been working with me for over a year, but he said the first two properties I bought were before I even started working with you. The first two properties he said I bought was because of this ABLE framework. So I know this works. It works for us. It works for other people. And it has given us results every single time. 
So be sure to implement this framework within your business and you'll be able to see the results. And please let me know once you achieve results because we love to know your success stories. You can email us at info at openspacescapital.com and let us know. I want to leave you with one last thought. The problem isn't that you are in analysis paralysis. The problem is you don't have a framework to take action. All right, so I will see you guys next time on the next episode. And until then, keep investing. Bye now. Don't forget, when you're ready to get serious, you can join us at theinvestoraccelerator.com. It's like getting a thousand episodes worth of information in five days, and it's everything you need to build your actionable plan to financial freedom and making work optional. Music